joined on the line by Michael Gallagher and by Cahill O'Boyle. But first, uh, last night's game itself was in the Autumn Nations Cup. It was a tournament that has recently been conjured up in preparation, I suppose, and in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And it saw a very impressive Ireland win at 32 points to 9 with tries from Jason Lowe and uh, Quinn Roo. But the man of the match was Lacken Man and Bellin, former Bellinar rugby player Keelan Doris certainly seemed to have stolen all of the plaudits and headlines. Michael, if I can go to you first, just how monumental of a match was that for the people of Bellinar Rugby Club and I suppose for the County of Mayo? Uh, massive, really, Creveen. Uh, um, there was great excitement. Well, first of all, yesterday there was great excitement to have two lads uh, in the squad, Dave Heffernan and, and Creelan and... Uh, but the, the way uh, both of them played, the, but the way Doris played for 80 minutes was spectacular. And I think he really announced himself in the, you know, on the international stage. And this morning in, in Heffernan Park, there was about 200 minis there. And they are all well aware that uh, Dave and Phelan started in, um, in, in mini rugby in Bellana. And, you know, the, the, the boost that has given the the kids and the excitement they bring from that is it has to be seen to be believed I suppose we all need heroes and you know when you're doing this when you're taking the starting the same journey as as Dave and Creelan uh, did it's it's special and um, by all accounts there was great excitement there this morning so it has a massive effect uh, it also shows us here in Mayo that you know we can achieve anything and um, Doris, uh, very proud uh, Lacken man, and uh, I was even talking to him during the week. Um, and uh, Lacken comes up in the conversation regularly, so um, he's he's a top class uh, young man, really nice guy, and uh, he's shown. Uh, I said a few weeks ago that he could be a bolter for the Lions, and and you know that is that is still a possibility, and he's definitely a future Lion anyway. Whether he makes it this time or not, he's. He's got it all, really. He's got mobility. He's got great skills, as he showed, you know, in the second half when he blocked down that effort and, and then a reverse pass almost put uh, Keane Healy over for a try. So he's got it all, and, and he doesn't mind a bit of rough and tumble as well. Some of his tackling was spectacular, and he was involved in the two tries. Um, so he's, yeah, he's, he's going to be one of Ireland's biggest stars and, and one of World Rugby's biggest stars. So it's great to see it. But also we were very proud of Heffernan. He came on. He had his best, I think he had his best period in an Irish jersey. He, uh, Andy Farrell likes him because he's hugely physical, but also he's, he's very, very mobile. And he showed that again last night. He was immediately involved. Uh, he's very powerful. He loves to get into contact. And uh, he even contested a Gary Owen there at one stage. Uh, that's how mobile he is. He gets around the pitch, and I, I think he's he's really making an impression. He's taking his chance, and um, I think this night was good for him. So it it was a great night all round for Irish rugby, for Mayo sport, and for Belna Rugby Club. Cahill, if I can bring you in on this one, the Autumn Nations League with, that has been brought in in response, I suppose, to the lack of fixtures that can be arranged during the pandemic. Is it perhaps too soon to be reading? a lot into Ireland's performance last night given how dismal Wales have been and look set to be under Wayne Pivak. 
Well, look, this is their longest unbeaten or uh, losing streak since eight years, and uh, it does seem that Ireland, they had a strong team to show up in this game. I mean, the likes of Alan Wynne-Jones, Dan Bigger, uh, Lee Halfpenny, all the big names in Welsh rugby did show up for this game, and Faletau joining them on that field as well. So, like, it does seem that uh, Ireland had it up against them with a, a, strong, a strong Wales team, but... Uh, they came out victors in the end, so maybe this could be a a, a preview to the future on on Ireland's capabilities against the likes of Wales, against the likes of possibly even England in this in these upcoming campaigns. And uh, let's hope it does uh, result in some wins. But nonetheless, I think it was a a game that could reflect a a, a future for for Ireland in the Six Nations. Michael, Johnny Sexton went off quite early with what looked to be perhaps a minor knocker, an injury strain. Is that something that would begin to worry Andy Farrell, his uh, Sexton's continuing lack of fitness and the maybe lack of replacements that is in the position? Yeah, it, it is really. Um, I suppose he, it's probably his age, unfortunately, that's showing. He, he seemed to tweak the hamstring just taking a penalty. And I suppose that's what happens and as your career you know, goes into the autumn. Uh, he's he's he has a lot of games behind him, and uh, then you wonder who is what the replacement to be like. I thought I thought Burns did well. I thought he did well. Yeah, he seemed confident, and uh, then he had to go to a HIA. So, yeah, the the Ireland need to really cultivate a backup uh, out half, and uh, and um, Sexton. It was good to see Ireland playing so well without him as well, but they were playing really, really well with him. Uh, he seemed, talking to the guys, uh, some of them during the week, uh, they had prepared very, very intensely for this one. They saw this game as a, a real watershed moment, and, and from the way they started, you could see that there was, there was a lot of physicality. There was a few, uh, you know, a few late kind of um, announcements of tackles there, and... Uh, both sides were, were trying to lay down a marker and Sexton was, I suppose, driving his team on. But then uh, when he went off, uh, I think Peter O'Mahony was hugely important last night. I think he set the tone from the beginning. If you saw him even in the national anthem, he was, you know, he was really up first and he carried the fight to uh, Alwyn Jones. Uh, Alan, uh, Alwyn uh, Jones. So uh, he... Uh, he set the tone and he carried it on right through. He was right there. Even even the, the up and under that I mentioned that Heffernan was involved with, uh, it was Peter O'Mahony was the other Irish player that was there. So, look, at he was playing like it was his first international. He, he made a huge impact. So, uh, from leadership point of view, Ireland lost nothing, but a player of Johnny Sexton's ability, uh, we need to have a replacement lined up. Uh, it ended up with Conor Murray at out half, so that isn't particularly um, where you want to be. Cahill, the project player rule, and I suppose the one that personifies this is James Lowe. We saw him perform last night in his debut very admirably indeed. What are your thoughts on the project player system and how we can go from here in terms of recruiting and I suppose getting the best players available to represent Ireland? Well, look, we've had a few issues now uh, ever since the departure of Rob Kearney in the fullback position, and I've said that the one person who probably could fill that role is the likes of uh, Simon Zebo, who's over in France at the moment. He was only 10 miles away from the Ireland-France game, and no doubt he would have been a much better uh, fullback than than uh, the likes of... Um, my apologies. Than the likes of... Uh, 
uh, my apologies, the Derry, the Northern Irish Ulster man, uh, I can't think of his name now, it slipped my mind, but nonetheless, I think it, it'd be a, a a very good replacement to have him, Stockdale, Jacob Stockdale, that's the name, uh, I think it would be a much better replacement than Simon Zebo for the likes of our full-back position since uh, Rob Kearney has left, and I think that rule kind of, it really shows favouritism amongst the Irish coach, because back when Sexton was in the, the height of his game, he was over, I believe, in France playing with uh, a French team, I think it was Racing 92 as well, but uh, he, he got the exception for the rule, was playing for Ireland during that time. And uh, it didn't seem to uh, affect Ireland's uh, morales and standards when it came to him. But as soon as Simon Zebo leaves the, the country and uh, and we, we lose that, that rule comes straight into effect because they don't think he's a necessary player. Which I think is a, a slip in judgment, a slip in standards and a, and a really hypocritical statement on the Irish rugby's behalf. Um, but in, in relation to uh, James Lowe, I think he was a brilliant player to, today. Obviously he got his debut try. Um, New Zealand probably are missing out on him, not having him in their arsenal. They're uh, definitely going to be wishing they, they kind of reeled him in before he uh, got to the Irish squad. But nonetheless, he's he's definitely she yielding results for us on our behalf. And I think that's um uh, that's going to definitely uh, benefit for us in, in the future. And I think if we see we see him in Leinster. He's always a man that's... Uh, Really getting into the in, into the match, he doesn't mind if someone's pulling his pants down. He'll uh, he'll get over the line. He'll fight for the ball, even if uh, that means showing your derriere. It's quite an impressive trait to have, I suppose. And it looks like the All Blacks could have done with him this morning. They have just been consigned to their first ever back-to-back defeats in almost a decade. They lost twenty-five fifteen to Argentina. That really is quite a, a remarkable result. It is, yeah, no, definitely a, a very shocking result on uh, New Zealand's behalf, but a very shocking result on Argentina's behalf as well. You never really see. I mean, probably Argentina's last major win against a team was probably the 2015 World Cup, where uh, they bet Ireland. I mean, Ireland never got past a World Cup stage, and that was probably their best, sorry, a, a World Cup quarter final, and that was probably their best chance of doing it, but no, the Argentinians shunned through and uh, put a stop to that, and they've done it again against a very, very strong New Zealand team who uh, they seem to overcome and over, uh, prove to be worthy winners with that uh, quite lopsided margin for a New Zealand team, to be honest. Michael, if I can bring you in on this, uh, an important win for Argentina, and I suppose it shows the changing face of international rugby. One inclusion in the Autumn Nations Cup is going to be Georgia. They have been begging and crying out to be involved in the Six Nations competition and to be playing more regularly in this side of the world. Do you think that it's perhaps coming at the wrong time for them? They're playing England today at three. Uh, Looks like they will be missing a lot of their players and could unfortunately end up with a very embarrassing defeat. Yeah, they could unfortunately. Uh, I've been a great supporter of, um, you know, not having a close Six Nations, that there had to be a a relegation and, and promotion and... Certainly, over over many years, Georgia would have been a much more competitive team than than Italy. And uh, Georgia, you know, they're renowned for having a massive pack and uh, really loving their their forward play. Uh, this may be just the wrong time for them, but it's it's uh, you know that they're probably going to be included in this type of a competition going forward. So uh, they will see this as an opportunity to you know, uh, somehow generate a path into the Six Nations. Uh, Going back to New Zealand, I don't think they'll be overly worried. Um, You know, it'll cause a lot of... um, It'll cause a lot of uh, disquiet um, 
for the moment in New Zealand, but really in the bigger picture, they just care about World Cups. And uh, I think Ireland have got caught up in that too too long. We we, we cared more about um, about the Six Nations at times when we should have been concentrating on building a team for the World Cup. And hopefully uh, Andy Farrell is, is doing a, a little mix, more of a mix, uh, thinking about the World Cup than we did previously. So, um, exciting times. Great to see Argentina beat New Zealand. Uh, I, I think it's great. Uh, I always like Argentina. They're just, um, you know, massive pack and then they're exciting when they throw the ball out wide and uh, they, they they have a massive rugby uh, community in Argentina, very passionate and uh, I always admired them and it's, it's good to see them doing so well. Cahill, can I ask your thoughts on this Autumn Nations Cup? We're seeing potentially, a, well, we've actually just seen getting a result from the Italy-Scotland game. Scotland are just after beating Italy. But if we do see a hammering by England against Georgia this afternoon, is it really going to call into question why this tournament was organised? We've already seen the France and Fiji game has been postponed. Where will the question marks be and how important will this tournament be in a month's time? Uh, you really can't tell, but like with the likes of Fiji and Georgia in it, they're not going to really be impactful games. I mean, again, with a France-Fiji game, with it being delayed, that could benefit either our team because they could set them up for better success, but or it could leave... Uh, it, the way I think I'll see this uh, delayment in the game is that France will end up being not as uh, clinical as they were against this in this Six Nations against the likes of Ireland and uh, England and all those teams in this competition. So they'll probably lose that, and a, a good France French team might not show up to this Fiji game, but I still nonetheless will see it as a win. But uh, these teams like the likes of Georgia, the likes of Fiji, I don't think they've any real... I mean, it benefits them more than it benefits England, Ireland, Wales, Scotland to show up to this competition. I mean, uh, you'll always see an England win, you'll always see an Ireland win, you'll always see Wales win, but you'll probably see the margins narrow and narrow when it comes to that. And I think these teams will, like Fiji, like Georgia, will start benefiting from these types of matches if, if if it comes a regular occurrence. Because if Georgia have never had, Georgia have to wait four years before they have a really strong showing or a really strong competitor to face up against, whereas Ireland are nearly facing that every day. Now, it's nothing compared to the Southern Hemisphere teams who are facing each other nearly every day, and they're the ones that are really the ones to beat when it comes to games. However, I think that when it comes to the the ideas behind this, the only people who will ever benefit from Georgia and Fiji being in this competition are Georgia and Fiji, and I think it should be a bit more global, to be honest, and I think there should be more of a competition between the likes of New Zealand, Australia, South Africa to really boost Ireland, England and Wales and France's and Scotland's and Italy's chances in World Cups. So that's my opinion on it. I think uh, it's for the time period, it's good, but it's not something that should be sustained the way it is. Would you agree with that, Michael, that it, this is nothing more than, a, I suppose, a COVID TV filler and we're all just looking forward to the real action come Six Nations in spring? Yeah, it's it's it, it had to be done because of the autumn internationals uh, weren't, weren't feasible with the teams travelling from the, the southern hemisphere to the northern hemisphere. But um, I I really like seeing Georgia and PG involved, and and I think we should, uh, as Carl said, I think we should be widening it out more and more uh, rugby, uh, and using using the autumn internationals for that. It, it's a good idea, I think, um, because. Uh, how are teams supposed to progress? How are they supposed to generate, uh, you know, finances? 
unless they're playing the stars. Like if Fiji play, play. Imagine Fiji playing New Zealand or playing Ireland or England uh, the, in on, with crowds and with normal TV coverage. The money that will generate for them, and and they badly need that. And uh, as we do here in Ireland, of course, but. Uh, I think the more widespread the game becomes, the better it becomes. And uh, the, of course, hold on to your, you know, your Six Nations or whatever, and uh, and your World Cups. But I think the Autumn Internationals are an ideal, uh, an ideal time to be uh, broadening the game and and giving other teams uh, quality opposition. Yeah, I think it certainly spreads the game around the world. Just on the Irish front. England is up next next weekend in Twickenham. Uh, Keelan Doris was saying how England obviously got the win over Ireland earlier in the year and now they have to go over to London and give it everything. What do you make of Ireland's chances of getting a successful result in Twickenham next weekend, Michael? Yeah, it's 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 a funny one. It'll really show how far we've progressed. I know we we were very disappointed after losing to England earlier in the year, but if you look at it clinically, uh, it was it was uh, some of our own mistakes. They were just abysmal on the day, but we still on you know we weren't blown out of the water. And uh, again, I, I just get the impression that Ireland are really, really rolling now. That they're really up first and and they're progressing now. Some of our handling uh, needs to improve, uh, particularly in the first half. We or some of our handling uh, wasn't fantastic, but and our third quarter again, we seem to get off the pace a little. Uh, but I think we're making progress all the time and I'm really looking forward to next weekend. I think Ireland will, will have more to play for than England will. And I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we're there or thereabouts. Uh, I know Quillen will be, uh, really looking forward to it and all the Irish guys. And anytime you play England is a, is a, is a big day. And, and if you're only playing them in, in drafts, you'd want to beat them. So whether it's Autumn Internationals or Six Nations or whatever, you know, Ireland will be going there to win and wouldn't we all love it if they did. Cahill, will injuries be a major concern for Andy Farrell, Ian Henderson, Jacob Stockdale, Johnny Sexton, all seem to have picked up knocks and strains. How concerned would you be? Well, I mean, we, we've sustained so far without Ian Henderson and uh, it's good to see that uh, we that a few more names are, are possibly on the way back to the team. But uh, it, it's hard to say what, what our scenario will be. I mean... Sexton hasn't been on the uh, number one form. He hasn't been best form uh, as as far as his games have gone. But um, Stockdale again, I still don't. I, I've been. I, I forgot his name earlier, but like I, I still think that he he's not suited for the position that he's he's been played in these days. I mean, he, it's worked in Ulster somewhat. It's not really as as classy as Rob Kearney used to be. But uh, I don't think. The, 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 this injury list is going to be as as uh, instrumental for um, for Farrell as it as it was for uh, Joe Schmidt back in the days where Stockdale was a, a winger, the best winger we had, whereas Sexton was on the A class of his game. When if we missed Sexton, we were going to lose. It was nearly guaranteed at that stage. And the same goes for um, Ian Henderson. I mean, we have a bit of rotational uh, strong. Uh, a strong front with it. You saw Quinn Roo have a great game against Ireland Light and a good to see a Connacht player. Obviously, I'm always uh, happy to see them on the team. A bit of a uh, annoying to see uh, the likes of Carthy and uh, uh, Kieran Marmy in not show, but again, I'll have to move on and see what happens next game round. But I think that the injury list isn't as uh, instrumental in an Irish win as it as it once was. Michael, what are your thoughts on that? Do you believe that 
we now have a much stronger squad and Andy Farrell has more choices available to him than previously. Yeah, I think he's building a squad and, and uh, one of the things that, that we forgot to mention is uh, Gibson Park at uh, Scrum Half. I thought he was exceptional. I thought his his uh, quick deliveries were, uh, maybe it's, it's uh, a terrible thing to say, but you know, I didn't think Conor Murray was missed at all at, at Scrum Half that night and uh, I think that has to be said and, and that's great to see. It's great to see that we have backup like that or our competition between the two guys. Uh, again, as Carl said, Quinn Roo was very good. So Henderson was a crucial player to us. Now Quinn Roo can step in. Um, Sexton's injury isn't too bad, I hear. So hopefully he'd be fine. But yeah, that's the secret. Uh, Farrell has to build a squad for the next World Cup. And uh, Marmion uh, will be under pressure now to make the squad because of Gibson Park doing so well. So it's, it's uh, that's what you want. You want the, the competition there. You want guys, um, you know, really, really fighting every day and uh, in training and, and uh, in their provinces to make it. And uh, Farrell is building a squad. So, it dep- you know, who knows how next weekend will go, but we've got to stick at it and, and, and move in that direction. M- Cahill, can I just bring you in on that? Do you see it all going in the right direction for Ireland currently? Because, Or are we just reading too much into positive results against uh, quite a poor Welsh side? No, I, I still think that it's quite a positive result. I mean, you saw Ireland were able to shut down Wales and a lot of, they didn't score a single try. It was all the boot of uh, Lee Halfpenny that got them their points. And I think it was down to Ireland's credibility in defence. They were a strong defence side. They had a good few tackles in. They had a good few rooks formed and, and uh, they were able to hold Wales off the line. They were And then they were just completely and utterly dominant in the, in the attacking uh, quadrant, getting either penalties or getting the two tries that we saw in the game. And uh, it, it was just, I think, utter domination on Ireland's behalf in that game. And uh, I think, to Wales' credit, they couldn't really do much more else because Ireland were two on top of them. And uh, you, you could say that's down to a bad Wales side, but I can say I could claim that's down to a good Irish side, which I think it was in the end. Um, and like uh, uh, Michael said, uh, J- uh, Gibson Park was doing did absolutely well, uh, brilliantly as a, a as the scrum half and. Uh, uh, I, I'd agree with him in the sense that uh, Conor Murray wasn't really missed and you re- wouldn't really have remembered Conor Murray if he didn't come on for Sexton in that uh, in in the later half of the game. Sorry, in for Billy Burns in the latter half of the game, which is why I think it was a, a very uh, gro- good Irish performance, but uh, I don't think we're reading too into it because definitely Ireland deserved the credit for this win. And finally, Michael, can I just go to you with a, a question that's been bugging me throughout the week? Has this been the most successful, the most famous week for North Mayo? First, we have a Belenam man in the White House. Then a Hollywood film is filmed from Nathan and the surroundings of Cross Malina. Now, a Lacken native wins man of the match in an international rugby game. How can things get any better? <laughs> well, as you know yourself, North Mayo is probably the, the greatest place in the world, you know. But... <laughs> um, uh, probably it will probably get better this evening when Sarah Rowe scores about two ten for the male ladies, you know. So <laughs> um, it's it's been some week, uh, yeah. And uh, I think uh, you know Biden winning uh, the the film, all this type of stuff. Uh, it has brought great uh, emphasis on North Mayo and the community of North Mayo is is very very special. And I think that uh, then. To, to top it off with Keenan doing so well uh, from a small place 
uh, you know, on the edge of the ocean, Mac, and it shows that, you know, we can achieve anything. And I think that's the, the lesson we've got to take from it, that why not? Why not us? Why not uh, the people of Mayo and North Mayo? And uh, if we're the best we can be, we're as good as anyone in the world. And uh, I think we've always been brought up that way in North Mayo. Yeah, I think that Sarah Rowe, Rachel Cairn scores uh, in the ladies' game. Maybe James Kerr to come off the bench and win the Connacht final tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Michael Gallagher, Cahill Boyle. thank you very much for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show. Thanks, Dizzy.